0: and Jamie are two best friends, and they love *Sex and the City*. And they couldn't help but wonder, "Do you love it too?" Carrie, Miranda, Samantha, Charlotte, Charlotte Osmo, Emotions, Bridges, dudes, dudes, so many dudes, all oh, the dudes. And we couldn't help but wonder.
1: With Jamie Lee and Rose Cerno. I'm Jamie Lee
0: and I'm Rose Cerno and this is Couldn't
1: Couldn't Help
0: But But Wonder. Wonder. Oh, I love that. A podcast where we talk about sex in the city and how it relates to us. God, we're on fire today. Oh, my God. So many harmonies. Oh, my goodness. It's early. It's early.
1: We're recording in the morning and we're feeling fine.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) This week. I was a total Carrie. Okay. Because I was a little hysterical this week. Okay. It was a little bit of a roller coaster. And actually, that's what I love about Carrie is she does insane things. (laughs) That's true. I cried in my car. I ate in my car. I, like, talked to my dog more than normal. I just had a very emotional week. Everything is fine. I was kind of depressed on the weekend and Monday, and then I had a revelation about why I was depressed, a.k.a. my therapist told me why I was depressed. Okay, great. Um, And I've been editing this web series that I host and direct, and for four days, for 10 hours a day, I was editing footage of me talking to happy couples about healthy relationships. Yeah. And I realized I was a little jealous and bitter just watching really happy people for 10 hours a day for four days just being like i think the thing i love about her so much right and i right. didn't even put it together and he's like well if that's something you want it might be hard to just it's like kind of
1: like see it for four days yeah it's like seeping into your skin yeah. and there's no way you're not going to be impacted by it. Yeah. That. And i
0: was like why am i being such a fucking bitch and like why am i crying and so anyway for me once i know what's wrong then i can like immediately be like oh, okay fine and then now i feel fine it just took a minute
1: Yeah. Also, there is that feeling of like sometimes crying really is the thing that like purges the feelings. Like it's like the feelings are inside the tears and then like the tears, the tears need to come out for the feelings to come out. I love crying. Yeah, I it is very healing. Also, I feel like. There's the sort of like weird upside to crying, which is like you do look beautiful when you cry. Like oh it gosh, makes your Amy. face flushed and like <laughs> it makes your eyes kind of like pop. Like have you ever like caught a glimpse of yourself so crying? Funny, and, and you're, like, you're like you're like, so am... hysterical, and you're like uh, 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 I look amazing.
0: <laughs> that like, is so it is so funny, strange but true. I didn't cry in the mirror, but now that we've talked, you have to do it. Clearly, try I'm to out. coordinate. Try. To to coordinate your feelings With being in front of a mirror Okay little side note And you I'm sh- You definitely know Who this person is I don't know If you'll know By me saying it But there okay. is a, a writer Director Female Yes Who has a lot of Instagram followers Who like I think is very cheesy Yeah And she'll like Take a really hot picture Of herself crying And being like It was a really emotional week And I'm just like Fuck off Oh god
1: Yeah Cause I mean like I have green eyes So <laughs> when my whole face Goes red It truly is like A con Contrast that makes the green (laughs) pop It's it's really I feel it's very complex For
0: some reason saying I have green eyes like really Cracks me up even though they're gorgeous Sometimes on dating profiles like guys Will have nothing on their profiles but they'll be like Green eyes tall and you're like ew. The fact that green eyes is uh, Sounds gorgeous but it sounds Braggy even though you're not
1: commenting on Like the shape or anything It's just like green eyes eyes, like it's Literally a Coldplay song isn't it I think it is
0: I also just think that like mentioning Your eye color as if that's like a that's what it is I mean, it's like criteria your, for abs absolutely.
1: It is. It's like kind of a douchey specific.
0: Because it's also like when you were in middle school, you're like, I guess I want a guy who has like dark hair and like, I don't know, like green or hazel eyes. It's like, what? Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's like, why do you care? Like, what if their face is horrible, but they
1: happen to have green eyes? It's like, it's not, it's really not that much of a win.
0: Girl, who, can you think of who you were this week? Do um, you know? I would say this week I was probably
1: a Charlotte because I just kind of felt, I, I feel like sometimes Charlotte. The way they've written her, she's kind of like easily overwhelmed and very like, I don't know what I'm doing. And I think I felt that way. Because with our with the job that I'm on right now, I was sort of waiting to find out if I was going to keep working at it because I'm waiting to see when my show, which I can't fully talk about yet, but when my show starts up with pre-production. So there's this kind of thing of like, I might be leaving my job right away, or I might be able to stay there a couple of extra days. And then another person on our staff had to go back to London. So that was kind of like, oh, this thing that I've like really enjoyed um, is coming to an end. That's sad. And, yeah. yeah and I've just been a little and I'm also just whatever juggling other things and I just kind of had this yeah, I felt a little on edge and frazzled. And totally. I feel like that's a bit Charlotte. She's very frazzled. Yes. Yes. So that's that's kind of where I'm at right now.
0: Yeah, change is insane. Yeah. It's like important and it feels good, but it's also scary.
1: Yeah. And it's also like there's a real with this job that I've been at, it's you know, it's a small writing staff, and we've all gotten very close. Like I mentioned in the last episode, like it's kind of the first job I've had where we all hang out a lot. So it has this social component. Component to it, and then I see everybody every day at work, and work has been really fun, and it's just kind of like been this constant in my life for the past ten weeks, and it's been you know very intense because we all. Spend a lot of time together, and um, yeah, so it's just it's like that thing little of, family's
0: changing. Yeah, it
1: is like like camp is ending. It's yeah. like summer camp is coming to a close. And Ugh. although it's weird because it's like the beginning of the summer, like <laughs> so now I have like the rest of the summer to not have this.
0: Um, but yeah, it's that's, like fall camp is.
1: It's like spring camp. Spring camp is coming to a close. Yeah, yeah, and it's a little sad and strange.
0: Well, Kit, make make a couple <sighs> lanyards. Yes, yeah, friendship, a friendship bracelets, bracelets. Yeah, put like sp- I don't some key know keychains. Some yeah, lanyard like, keychains. Go to the boys' bunk in the middle of the night and yeah. like do something kind of frisky. Yeah. Throw eggs at yeah, them. I don't, I don't know. know. I, I didn't go to think. camp.
1: <laughs> I, did, I mean, I went to day camp. I didn't go to summer camp, so I'm just really drawing from seeing Adam's Adam family Adam's family values too. Amazing. When Wednesday had to go to summer camp. Great I hated movie. It. Great hated movie. It. Yeah, excellent. Okay, so this week we are going to be covering season one episode 12 that means the season finale of season one and it's called "O come all ye faithful
0: so our episode starts with miranda having sweaty satisfying sex with her new guy thomas john anderson an up-and-coming playwright everything's great with the new dude except every time they bone down the second it's over he jumps out of bed to shower when miranda explains him about the When Miranda asks him about it, he explains that he grew up Catholic and had nuns telling him that sex was a sin. So he thinks it's kind of dirty. Yikes. Miranda
1: and Carrie hang out, and Miranda says she's totally weirded out that
0: she's dating a believer.
1: She never would have dated him if she knew he was Catholic. This plants a seed in Carrie's head and gets her wondering about religious people. In New York, being religious is basically taboo. So Carrie decides to walk to a nearby church and check out the congregation
0: to try and understand what they're all about. While Carrie is spying, she sees something truly shocking. Mr. Big leaving the church with an older woman? Mr. Big is Catholic, and who's the old broad? Big noticed Carrie and comes over to say hi. In true Carrie fashion, she has
1: zero chill and immediately assumes he's cheating on her. She asks, who's the woman?
0: And Big admits it's his mother. He takes her to church every Sunday. Twist. Carrie obviously has to debrief with the gals at a bar. Charlotte thinks it's awesome that he goes to church with his mom because it means he's close With his mother Miranda doesn't like it And Samantha could give a shit Because she's in love Samantha explains to the girls That the unthinkable has happened
1: She actually wants to be in a relationship And she's waiting To have sex with the guy It all happened when Samantha went out by herself to go hear some jazz barf and a blonde Patrick Bateman type named James asked if he could sit with her.
0: Samantha's even talking about marriage. Imagining that Samantha might get married before she does sends Charlotte into a hysterical spiral. She decides there's only one logical thing to do. Go to a celebrity psychic. The psychic tells Charlotte she's a strong, independent woman. mm, Is she who's going to have career success, but will never get married. Charlotte's devastated. Meanwhile, at Casa de Big, Carrie asks if she can come to
1: church with him and meet his mother. Big says no, and Carrie gets upset. To make her feel better, he literally offers to take her on a vacation to the the Caribbean, Caribbean, however you guys (laughs) say it. Sorry, big guy. Carrie Bradshaw's love can't be bought.
0: Just kidding. It can. She immediately says yes. Back in Miranda land, she's having sex with her guilty Catholic man again, but this time when it's over, she tries to get him to stay in bed and cuddle. He refuses, and it starts a fight. There's nothing sinful about sex. Oh. Oh, really? Well, thanks for clearing that up. And what is that, the uh, gospel according to Miranda? What are you going to tell me next, that God made the body? And if God made the body, and sex is an expression of that body, how can anything made by that God-made body be considered sin? Well, yeah. <laughs> it's a miracle. I'm healed. Oh, you're free to
1: go work with the lepers now. I guess this means I'm not going to hell. Great news. Thank
0: you, Miranda. Thank you for saving my immortal soul.
1: In her effort to help, Miranda had accidentally detonated some kind of Catholic guilt.
0: bomb. I'm going to go take a shower. When I come out, I'd kind of like it if you weren't here. You
1: got it. Six months later, that exact same speech would find its way into Thomas John Anderson's hit off-Broadway play, Shower of Shame.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay
1: a lot happening.
0: First of all, all she says is, sex is not a sin, and he literally, like, goes into a soliloquy for the ages.
1: Yes. I feel like that speech, he had that speech written already, and then he was like, you know what, maybe I'll test out this new material, IRL, with my <laughs> new girlfriend, and uh, see if see if it has some poignancy to it.
0: Yeah, he, like, has said it in every relationship, yeah. and he's like, he's it's like, like getting here's getting my and speech better. again.
1: Yeah, because every girl is like, please stop showering immediately after we have sex. I get married makes me feel like you think I'm dirty. Of
0: course. I would be so offended. Yeah. I mean, I think showering after sex is totally Great. fine. Yeah. And hygienic, by the way, but
1: it doesn't have to be like the second you pull out, you just like <laughs> leap up and dash off to the bathroom. It's and, like the timing of it is what's insulting to Miranda.
0: Yes. And also you could always do it with each other. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. I feel like he's like, no, this is a solo mission. Like no one can come into my shame shower.
0: <laughs> do you- oh my God. Do you feel like His reaction was, like, way over the top for her question.
1: Yeah. I mean, it did feel like maybe he's been in this situation before and he's had, you know, other women say, like, this is kind of insulting to me um, because he did get so heated so quickly. It went from zero to 2000. Yeah, it was really over the top. And um, yeah, I mean, we kind of talked about this off mic, but it is hilarious that he has the most like Jewish Brooklyn accent, but it's like he's the Catholic guy. I'm like, like, I sure. don't buy it. This casting is a little off to me.
0: I love that. Um, he also had like really like a really ripped body for such a nebbishy guy. Yes.
1: Yeah, he was such a nebbishy Catholic. Like from the
0: head up, he was like a playwright. And then from the neck down, he was like on grinder. Yeah, no, he
1: was jacked. Um yeah, I just feel like I I have dated someone who was religious and um what were they Catholic? Uh more like evangelical, but I think that I you know, just knowing I I I don't even know that it it didn't manifest as obviously as it did in this situation that Miranda's in, but there was kind of an undercurrent of shame and just the fact that like even outside of bedroom situations we would have talks about uh, shame around sex And it was just very Hard for me To relate to Because I didn't Grow up religious And I'm not saying that In a way where I'm like I'm not being self-right I hope it doesn't sound Self-righteous that I say that um, But I just Jamie want to come down
0: To the pedestal And join us on the pod I know I know But
1: I, I just mean like I, I, I Jamie, feel sympathy Jamie can you sympathy. see me From up there <laughs> <laughs> I do I feel sympathy for people who uh, sympathy and empathy for people who do feel that around sex. Cause I, I really it's just a huge bummer. Yeah. And it's like, I think it does impact your relationships cause it's so rare unless you're dating someone who has the exact same religious background that you do. Uh, and you're
0: both like a hole in the sheet and don't say anything it, about it before,
1: during and after. Exactly. You're just like, I don't, yeah, I just feel bad for them um, because it, it's the type of thing that, You know, when you're younger, I understand having sort of this viewpoint and, um, you know, kind of holding yourself to certain standards. But you would hope that they would sort of crumble as you become an adult and realize that, you know, maybe some of that stuff isn't doesn't have to follow you into adulthood. And it's just sad when like a full grown man is like. I feel shame around sex. It's like a, that's very sad to me.
0: I feel like a lot of people sex have is already difficult enough. We don't need to yeah. add another layer. I think that a lot of people who aren't even religious have shame around sex. I think there's like slut shame, body shame. Exactly. There's so many different things. There's so
1: much shame already to add another shame level layer. of shame
0: is just it's just sad. Well, your hosts are both Jewish atheists, culturally Jewish atheists. So we did not I also did not grow up with. Religious shame Because it's not really A Jewish thing Um, But I have dated people Who were religious I dated people Who didn't have sex Until like deep in their 20s Because they like You know, felt really conflicted about it. Um, The thing that really struck me about this clip is that this guy is really keenly aware of his issues, but seems absolutely uninterested in changing in any way. And even offended that somebody even had the audacity to start a conversation. And to me, the problem with this guy is not that he's Catholic, not that he has shame around sex, not that he showers, but... That if she literally tried to bring up one thing, he literally was like, get out of my house. Right. That to me is the worst part about the whole thing. Yes. Yes. It's just so. Like, y- how can you be in a relationship with somebody who's like, oh, you brought something up? Fuck you. Goodbye. Yeah. It's like,
1: and he got. Yeah. He got pretty hostile pretty quick. And he, yeah. she wasn't. She wasn't shaming him for his shame either. I feel like she brought it up pretty delicately. And he still reacted as if she was just criticizing him outright, and I don't think that's what she was doing.
0: Yeah, actually, now that I think of it, I did have a boyfriend uh, who grew up Catholic, mm. who it really fucked with him. Yeah. He actually ended up getting into like really kinky. Mm stuff almost I feel like because of it. In a weird way, sometimes when people grow up Catholic, if we have Catholic listeners, feel free to (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no. And it's not even bad. But like sometimes I think that people that grow up religious are into like some seriously kinky shit, which could be really fun. I mean, something that adds fun to sex is like any kind of sense of the naughty. And so if you feel like you're breaking rules, that can be very fun. So I think you can turn If you have Catholic guilt and you're listening to this pod, turn the guilt into some, like, fucked up shit is all I'm trying to say. turn that frown
1: upside down.
0: I mean, seriously, I I think that's a really good... It's all fun. Yeah,
1: I think that that's kind of the upside of shame is that it's giving you something to push back on and rebel against. And if you're able to do that in a way that serves you and your sex life... That isn't just, like, loofing yourself... (laughs)
0: while you cry. Right,
1: right. Literally just like, yeah, getting your, like, yeah, I feel like he went in there. It's not crying
0: if you're in the shower. He
1: probably did like loofah his skin really hard where he like, and even, I think Miranda says
0: that. She's like, I'm surprised he even has any skin left. Yeah. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, this guy's a doofus. Also, Fucking this playwright It's like Go write your plays And just like Take weird showers You asshole I know And it's also like As
1: a playwright How can you really Kind of get To the core Of yourself As a writer And like Write something Really profound When like You're kind of Denying yourself Totally um, A little bit Of self-awareness You know
0: Just imagine Imagine somebody bringing up a flaw of yours and just defending it so hard. Like, Rose, you're a pathological liar. I'm like, I know. Get out. It's like, okay,
1: okay. All right. So Miranda's relationship is ending, but Samantha's is just heating up. After two weeks of dating James, Samantha decides she's ready to have sex with him. Old fashioned style. Unfortunately, there's a little problem a very, very little teeny tiny problem. He
0: has a micropenis. Yikes. Been there. While well, everyone's romantic... Been there. I've had a micropenis. <laughs> it's just a clit, Rose. <laughs> oh. Okay. Well, I feel very relieved. This has been incredible so far. While everyone's romantic relationships are going to shit, Carrie decides to tempt fate with hers. She and Miranda go to Big's church to spy on him. Always a good idea. While trying to be sneaky, Carrie drops a Bible from the second floor of the church and everyone turns to look at her, including Big. After the service, Carrie
1: says hi to Big and his mother and is horrified when he introduces her as his friend.
0: Mother, this is my friend, Carrie.
1: I searched her face looking for the light of recognition. There was nothing. Carrie, Carrie. I'm just going to go and say goodbye to the pastor.
0: It was lovely meeting you. My friend
1: Carrie. Oh, you show up at church after I asked you not to. What are you trying to do, test me? I mean, why all of a sudden interest in meeting my mother?
0: Well, has the woman ever even heard of me?
1: My mother doesn't need to meet another girlfriend. Oh. oh. I didn't mean that. That's. I mean, I'll introduce you as my girlfriend when I'm sure. Oh. Look, I have to do things on my time frame. Time frame. We've been going out for months. I really don't know what else to say to you. We'll get there. Just have to have a little faith. Faith? Yeah. Look, in a couple of days, we're going on vacation. We'll have plenty of time to talk this out. Right now, I've got to get my mother home, okay? I mean, wow. I uh,
0: The amount of wrong things in one conversation. I can't
1: believe that when he... There are so many times throughout this discussion that if it were me, I would have left. I would have actually just physically walked off like the IRL version of hanging up on someone. Um, When he called me, his friend and the mom walked off, I'd be like, I got to go. When he says I have to do things on my timeline, great time to leave. There are just so many opportunities to be like, I don't even want to stand in front of you anymore. I can't look at your face. It's just too painful.
0: I totally understand. I have this thing where when someone hurts my feelings, I freeze. Mm. And so... Afterwards, I think of all the things I could have said or what I could have done. But in real life This is something that I don't know why I do this, but if somebody says something really hurtful I can't even articulate it. Yeah, I kind of feel like you would have stayed and took it I would have stayed and took it. I wouldn't have said anything empowering I would have just been really soaked with sadness
1: Yeah, I mean and then when he's like, oh, we'll talk about it on vacation It's like who wants to talk about this on vacation? Like what? I don't know. Also, why is he? Yeah, he's so mean. He's so mean. He's not trying to be mean, which is even... That's why this character is so... I'm starting to think Big is very well written, is that he really, in his... I think from his perspective, he's being as open and honest as possible, and it's just painful for Carrie.
0: Actually, that's a good point, because I don't... I think Big... As fucked up as this conversation is, I guess if you had to choose, you'd rather have somebody telling you. You know, there's that famous saying, if someone tells you who they are, believe them. Mm -hmm. He's not lying to her. He's not being a cad. No. He's just saying things that are really hard to hear. Really hard. The thing that's really tricky about this conversation is... As I said earlier in Who I Was This Week, Carrie's a little hysterical, and I like that about her, and I can relate to that about her. We all do hysterical things, men, women. Everybody has moments of, like, oh, my God. Like, she can be really reactionary. Mm -hmm. It's really hurtful that he said, I don't want to introduce you to my mom. But he did say that, and then she, like went and spied on him. And that's weird. I would be very weirded out if somebody did that to me because he kind of made a boundary and she didn't respect it. So that is not good. Yeah, it's not good.
1: But I think that in the context of this relationship, I do. It feels very real because she is in a place where she's ready to be in love with this person. She's ready to commit to him wholeheartedly. And She feels when they're together, she feels intimacy and mutuality radiating off of him. The feeling is that he's ready, that he's ready to give into this as much as she is. But then his words and his actions are always like a little pushing her away. So I think there's part of Carrie that thinks... He doesn't really know what he wants. I'm able to see as the woman. I'm able to be five steps ahead of us because that yeah. is what happens a lot. At least I like even in my relationship with my husband early on. I was the one that's like, you love me. Like we got to a place where I was like, you love me. Wait, that's I can hilarious, you love Jamie. me. Did you actually say that to him? I did. Wait, before yeah. he said it? um, Kind of. I didn't say it that dramatically Wait, either. So but funny, I was like, Jamie. we're obviously in love. Yeah. And what did he so, say? And he was like, yeah. Oh it was God, just I'm like so yeah, cute. so it was kind of like yeah. I, I think I could relate to sort of having to be a, the, her being like, come on, the bigger person. That's right. kind of like a, a lazy way to say it, but yeah. like you know, having to take charge and kind of clock the the rea- uh, clock the emotions of the relationship for the both of you. Yeah, that's true. And so I think that's maybe where her head is at a little bit. Um, I will say also, there's something that stings. In the way he... I mean, another girlfriend? Of course. I mean, please. But also in the way that he loves his mom and the way he's there for his mother and... That's kind of in an indirect way, a reminder to Carrie that he can be be available to a woman. It just has to be his mom. And it almost gets good
0: enough or something.
1: Yeah. It's a little like, do you measure up? Like that was a bit of the subtext, even though we don't really get to see much of the mother character. There is this feeling of like he consistently shows up. Are you good enough for for the mother? Yeah. Are you good enough for her? He shows up for her every day, takes her to church, even though he's not religious. They, You know, Big says he's an atheist. It's just this kind of... I don't know. It's just like a sort of indirect reminder that he can commit to a woman. It just happens to be someone he's related to.
0: I think that's a really good point because I think that Big sort of represents... this really scary thing of like a guy who's out of your league. He's tall. He's handsome. He's extremely rich. He comes from a good family. He's Catholic. It's like he's all these things where it's like he's considered like a catch. Like if there was an article about like an eligible bachelor, like he would be it. And the worst feeling of being with somebody is feeling like you're not good enough for them or that they don't think you're good enough for them. And I do think – That if you're sleeping with somebody and dating somebody for months, we don't know exactly how long, you know if you're going to fall in love with them or if you're in love with them. It doesn't take that long to know. So the fact that he's kind of like, just be patient. I don't know yet. It kind of is like, well, what more... Do you need to see from me to like be convinced?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's like how long do we need to keep doing this for you to figure out how you feel about me? Because I'm pretty certain I know how I feel about you. She's in love with him.
0: Yeah, I also just think that it's kind of a cop out. Uh, because listen, if it' their boyfriend and girlfriend introducing introducing to some so introducing your partner to your parent as a friend, even if you've had lots of girlfriends, you're absolutely right, Jamie. I think that you've got it. It's this idea that she's this like uptown, elegant, rich woman and that, like, carry, like, little... Curly headed care yeah, like Eliza like, Doolittle yeah just like might not be good enough Right it's really awful
1: yeah And he wants to take her on vacation And it's, it's, like, it's like a prostitute it's Like yeah. I don't want you
0: to meet my family but I can take You on this expensive trip it's like I can fuck get you. you Far away from my family
1: I'll yeah. Sweep you off to like an island <laughs> where We won't know anybody and then we can Really like
0: fuck you know
1: fuck and get Loose yeah
0: it's like I don't want Thank to Introduce you. you to my family but I'd love to introduce you To a bunch of people we'll never see again yeah I'd
1: love to Introduce you to the open sea <laughs>
0: Have uh, you ever had anything like this? Has anyone like not, has anyone like ever like introduced you as a friend or like not wanted to commit after you kind of already knew? I mean, definitely, but I'm,
1: I'm, tr- I don't think I've ever gotten to
0: this point where
1: I was so, so invested and we had spent so much time and then they just weren't into it. I haven't had that, but I have had that early on and then been like, we got to stop doing this. Of course. Yeah. How about you?
0: Yeah. I think it's kind of the same thing. Like, um, I, I think it's really funny when people aren't official yet. And they like, I've definitely had relationships with people where it's like in the first couple months, you're totally sleeping together. It's like, you're not official yet, but it's going that way. And then you go to a party with all their friends. And they're like, this is my friend Rose. And you're like, I literally had like my entire Vagina in your mouth like f- 15 minutes ago yeah. It's like I guess we're friends Yeah no I yeah I, I remember
1: I, I guess my big thing when I was dating in New York Was I assumed I was The only person that they were seeing Just because I have a pretty like Monogamous brain me too and So you I got just monogamous brain
0: that's so Cute I just
1: like didn't understand that like, guys were doing what they were doing with me with like multiple people and like it had a whole so racket going to me. Yeah. And it's, I mean, you know, I would date maybe like two people at a time, but it really It wasn't like, here's my harem. I never had that. It wasn't like, Michael, David, I'm sorry, who e- are yeah, you? Yeah. Yeah. Which one are you again? I never had that. So I was always surprised when I found out that like, oh, I'm one of many. And that happened a couple times. And that was really hard for me to wrap my head around because I also it's kind of.
0: It's hard if you're having a good time with them. You're like, well, you're what also more.
1: You're just kind of like, how can we see if this is something real if you are not really giving it much of a chance from the get go? I guess was sort of my like sort of subliminal thinking was like, I feel like even if it's going to end, like it's nice to kind of do things wholeheartedly and then let them either keep going or die versus like dipping your toe in and kind of doing that with like six different people. It's It's just a little like, hey, throw, let's throw a bunch of stuff against the wall and see what sticks. It's like, I don't think that. For me, that was never an effective strategy with like getting to know someone and seeing if their relationship potential.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, so, anyways, Let's hit it. M- moving on. Oh, so at an abandoned church across town, Carrie and her friends worship the only way they know how, by partying at a cool underground gay club. Whoop, whoop. Stanford is there with his new BF. Miranda bumps into Skipper, which how is he still on the show? Ugh. And why is he at a gay disco? Ugh. And why is Miranda giving him another chance? But most importantly, why is Samantha crying in the bathroom?
1: James has a small dick Oh, well, it's not the end of the world It's really small How small? Too small Well, size isn't everything Three inches Well Hard Ooh. Hmm. Is he a good kisser? Oh, who the fuck cares? His dick is like a gherkin. It's so terrible. Listen to me, I'm a bad person. Don't beat yourself up. You had certain expectations and you're disappointed. Why? Why? Why does he have to have a small dick? I really like him.
0: I thought you loved him. Oh look,
1: we've all been there That's for sure I was once with a guy the size of one of those little miniature golf pencils Couldn't tell if he was trying to fuck me or erase me (laughs) I'm I'm sorry, it's it's funny Let's not lose
0: perspective There are ways to work around this I don't want to work around it I love a big dick I love it inside of me I love looking at it I love everything about it When I blow him, it's like nothing, nothing. Can you talk to him about it?
1: No, it's the only thing we can't talk about.
0: (laughs) What am I gonna do? How is he with his tongue? Okay, and the Oscar goes to Kim fucking It's control. Such a
1: great monologue. It's
0: just oh! Michael Patrick King wrote this episode. I mean, if this did not win an Emmy, then <sighs> everything is fucked.
1: I mean, she cries the w- she cries as if she lost a child.
0: <laughs> it, it is
1: brilliant.
0: There are so many good lines in this thing when she goes, "Oh, I really liked him. I thought you loved him." Well, well I mean, <laughs> Oh, my God. It's so... Dick is like a gherkin. It's so good. And she's so committed. I mean, it really feels like someone died. It is so brilliantly acted. It's like the guy's dead.
1: Yeah, it's just brilliant. It's so well done. This
0: is a perfect scene. And this is a perfect... I mean, you're laughing. I was laughing the entire oh,
1: every line is amazing. Charlotte's blow at the end is amazing oh, when she oh. says, I mean, what is that? Do you use a lot of tongue. What was that? Is he good with his tongue? Is he good with his My tongue? My
0: favorite is when she goes, is he a good kisser? Who the fuck cares? Yeah,
1: that's <laughs> unbelievable. And it's also, you know, this is interesting because I, I think on one hand, I love how honest she's being with her girlfriends. Everyone in this scene is like, I can relate. I, I know how I know what you're going through. And then, you know, in 2019, I think that talking about having, talking about being with someone with a small dick, it would be considered body shaming. Yeah, you couldn't do it now, could you? I think it's tricky. I think it's always been tricky. I had a joke about dating a guy with a micro penis, and I, I, I had to sort of manipulate and tweak the wording, getting into the joke, just to make sure that people in the audience didn't think I was, like, making... Fun of them. Yeah, I know what you mean. And it's very It's it's not easy to talk about
0: Well, it's really an interesting thing because Penis as a man, man, is not
1: easy to talk about for yeah. women For for anyone. It's just not It's a hard It's a hard topic
0: I mean, it's kind of crazy that Men have this organ that they have no Control exactly. over. Exactly. It's, you're born With what you're born with and yep. it can make a huge difference In your life. Yep. Like, if you're a woman And you have big breasts or small breasts, it doesn't Matter. You can still have great sex. Like, nobody really Cares. Right. But It matters in sex. So that's like a horrifying thing.
1: Yeah, and there's really no... There's no way to really talk about that. Like, what do you... You have to act... I mean, with your girlfriends, which is why I love this scene, you're gonna be like, this is the hard truth. Like, it sucks. It's not good. Samantha likes a big dick. She says it. And
0: her friends are like, I agree. I understand. Well, do you think that she was overreacting? Because in this scene, it's basically clear that she's saying... I thought I was in love with this guy. He has a small penis. You can kind of tell that she's saying, like, we have to break up. Yeah. Do you think that's an overreaction or do you think it's valid?
1: um, I think it's a slight overreaction for comedy purposes. I think that that was pretty deliberate. However, uh, I do think it's a bummer. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, there's no great way to talk about this. I want to be very clear that I'm trying to be sensitive to everything we just said about the fact that you were born with what you were born with. And I dated a guy a couple summers ago
0: who had a small penis. It wasn't a micro penis, but it was definitely small. Mm -hmm. And like, it was definitely a different experience. Like, usually giving a blowjob is kind of uncomfortable. It's like a little bit gaggy. And this one was like... A joy. I could have been like... (laughs) You know, I could stay down could here been for watching hours. Jeopardy. I could have done anything. Yeah. It's like throw the balls in there while we're at it. Do you yeah. have any like anything else you want to put your legs or arms? It's like get cozy. Uh, but uh, our relationship ended for other reasons. And that was not a deal breaker for me. OK. Uh, yeah. If I really liked somebody, it wouldn't end the relationship. I don't think. Yeah. I he didn't have a micro penis. So it was a very, very small penis. Right. But I think because you can use toys, you can have oral sex, you can use fingers. I just, I, for me, I don't think it's a deal breaker if everything else is like fucking rad.
1: When Dan and I were first dating, Dan made this joke all the time. This is like before we had ever hooked up. He was always joking that he has a really small penis. He thought it was like very funny. And I was, I didn't know it was a joke. And I was like, okay, well, that's something that I guess like once we get to that stage, I'm going to have to. Wrap my head around it and I remember feeling kind of sad and like not really knowing how to talk about it because like I said before I don't think it's an easy thing to talk about yeah. and there is a lot of body shaming tied to it um, and then we hooked up and I was like oh you were lying you have <laughs> well, a com- maybe you're completely that- normal and he said to me later it's because Howard Stern makes that joke and I was but like "Doesn't
0: Howard Stern actually have a small no. penis he no, doesn't.
1: That's why he jokes about it. No, it's like a, it's like a weird. He has the bit.
0: personality of someone with a small fucking penis. Sure, <laughs> sure. Um, but yeah. do you think you can tell someone's penis size by their personality? Do you think um, people who are like more of a pushover have smaller Yeah, I mean, dicks? I
1: think some people definitely have little dick energy, but it doesn't mean that I. It doesn't mean I'm right. But <gasps> I do that think be crazy the energy is there. If you thought there? somebody
0: had a little dick based on being a pushover, And then they had this like schlong a ding a ding dong. Yes, yes. Um, I do think sometimes assholes have big dicks because they're kind of like I have a big dick.
1: Sure. I think that is very true. Yeah. I think you can kind of tell when someone has a big dick. Oh, my God. Um, but I dated a guy briefly who had a micropenis, and the way it revealed itself to me was he was real it was micro and and i didn't understand what was going on he always was trying to like do stuff to me with his hands and he was very good at it so i was like that's interesting and i kind of at first was like well let's just enjoy this sort of in between we haven't had sex we haven't like gotten to the next level with each other he's like let's
0: just do foreplay for like five months yeah
1: and 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 again initially i didn't think anything of it i'm like well this is when we should be having foreplay and maybe he's like not wanting me to, like, feel the need to reciprocate. I kind of thought of it as, like, very generous and giving and um, didn't really read too far into it. And then finally it got to the place where we were going to have sex and I was like, oh my, like, this is so... He, uh, I think, I can't remember because it was a while ago, but I'm pretty sure that he... Oh, my God. Oh, my God, tell me. Okay. You know, in that movie, Boys Don't Cry,
0: when... Oh my god! Weird reference <laughs> okay, for what we're about to when talk about.
1: Hillary Swank, has sex with Chloe seventy, and I never saw it. It but was okay. Going. Well, it was like in the dark, and she hasn't admitted that she's a boy.
0: Or, she's uh, a, or sorry, she's a woman. Right, yeah. She does not
1: admitted she's a woman. She's biologically female. Biologically female. And so she like, I guess, uses some kind of strap on, but does it in a way where Chloe doesn't see that it's a f- uh, fake <laughs> She turns dick. the and it's like bright pink. Yeah, but she does it very subtly. Anyways, my point, the reason I'm connecting that to what I did is I think that he used his hand in addition To his dick to make up for a little like like, while you're having some extra centimeters yeah
0: oh my god centimeters I don't know why that makes me laugh yeah so was that the reason you broke up with him no he was like a raging alcoholic. You can only be one or the other. You don't get to have a micropenis and an alcohol problem. And a drinking problem. No. You got to pick a side. It's like what came first? The the little gherkin uh, or the raging uh, alcoholic uh, problem. uh, Actually, I had sex with somebody recently. No, no, no. Not recently. Last year. Who was charming and cool and had a micropenis to the point where when we were having sex, I didn't know we were having sex. It's like... I don't know. Uh, Yeah, no, that's clear. I know. Yeah, you're being clear. Actually, I don't mean to be mean, but if I'm admitting it, this isn't kind. But I was frustrated. Um, Yeah, I mean, but listen, but that was like the gherkin on top because of the Sunday of like the Eastern uh, European sauerkraut Sunday, (laughs) the the Budapest (laughs) Sunday Delight. special because. The reason that I really didn't want to keep going out with him is because he had a disgusting apartment and a horrible bed. Like, he had a prison bed. Like, when you laid on his bed, the coils were, like, digging into Into your back. And I'm like, is this what you think you deserve? A
1: prison bed is such a funny image.
0: And there was one pillow that we had to, like, share. I was like, have you ever... You're in your 30s, motherfucker. Oh, my God. This is not okay. But I'm very... One of my close friends dated him for four years. Mm or even six years, like they were in like a super serious relationship. And I talked to her and I was like, so like, we can talk about the fact that he's got like a tiny penis. Right. And she's like, what do you mean? What? She's a good friend of mine. Wow. I'm like, did that feel normal to you?
1: Maybe she's a really small vagina.
0: I guess so. Unless I'm like a grand Canyon, unless I'm like, yeah, I'm like, you know, I think my vagina is normal. <laughs> You're like, somebody- oh,
1: it turns out <laughs> I have a sinkhole.
0: <laughs> if somebody says something, it echoes. That's normal. Right. <laughs> well I did pull out two tampons once recently last time I had my period so maybe this is less about he had a maybe it's a completely normal penis but I am <laughs> <and> like gaping <laughs> a black hole anyway if you're thinking of dating me and New listen to this oh podcast, my god oh y-y-y-y. my god two tampons Cerno over here <laughs> the chair's being swallowed up <laughs> she's there's sinking like, I leave and the chair's inside of me still I'm sorry I always do this I take the chairs with me <sighs> oh also I think it's really there's two things that are also important to say about this in white culture it's not as common as in black female culture to change your hair all the time i love the fact that in black female culture people change their hair often it's not so common for white girls but in this episode all of a sudden in the bathroom carrie has 20 pounds of hair and it's 10 times longer than it's it normally mermaid, is. mermaid hair and i just love that carrie is just like I'm gonna have 20 pounds of hair We're not gonna talk about it Yeah it was It was odd It's like an accessory Yeah it's like, I know She yeah All of a sudden, a sudden The camera turns to Carrie And it's like whoa This is
1: also at a time When like I would say Most white women Were on television Were not experiencing Weeps um, Or any, any kind of extensions Or anything yeah. I mean like you know, if you had thinner hair, like all of the actresses on TV just had really small ponytails. Like that oh was God. like, no, it was a thing. Yeah. And like now it's like everyone has just like luscious locks <laughs> and that was not how it was in the nineties. So yeah. yeah, it is kind of like a rare sighting when you're just like, Oh, that's, okay, those Karen. are blatant
0: extensions. Look at you go. I know. And then another thing I think needs to be mentioned is that like, again, the you know, the secret wild card of the show is Charlotte because They paint her like she's one thing, but then she'll always do a pivot. Like at the end when she goes, well, is he good with his tongue? They all look at her and it's like, not that oral sex is so edgy. No, but but for for Charlotte, Charlotte, it kind of is. Yeah. And
1: also her optimism was surprising here because I do feel like Charlotte is one of the more blatantly judgmental characters of the bunch. Yeah, she is. And so for her to be like, maybe it could work. It was sort of like, oh, that's kind of sweet. Yeah, totally. Yeah.
0: I think it's also funny that Miranda's just like, oh. Okay, definitely can't. She always
1: approaches everything like she's just like at her law office. She's like, these are the problems and we're going to we're going to try to solve them as a team. Yeah. Okay. Okay. so after Samantha's D-Day meltdown, Charlotte goes to another psychic who also tells her she's never going to get married. They tell her she's cursed, but for one hundred dollars, they can remove the curse. Finally, Charlotte realizes this this whole psychic thing is kind of bullshit.
0: Back in Big Territory, Carrie's about to leave for vacation with Big when she asks him for some kind of validation of their relationship. She wants him to tell her that she's the one, but he just can't. Although it tears her apart, Carrie breaks up with Big instead of going on the vacation. I would have done it after the all expenses paid Caribbean bonanza. But hey, even though it hurts her to dump a guy she's in love with, ultimately Carrie feels empowered because she knows she deserves more. And Even though we don't have a clip for this, I would like to kind of talk it out with you a little because it's a huge deal. Basically, the end of the episode, Carrie breaks up with Big.
1: Yeah um and rightfully so and i thought it was really satisfying um i also like that they sort of slid into this breakup carrie saying i love you which they haven't done yet totally. i'm guessing and she she says i love you as she breaks up with him which i think is an interesting placement for a first i love you um i and agree i really thought it was empowering that she just kind of had enough with him and also that she left him to go on vacation by himself or maybe he didn't go on vacation, whatever it is. It was really satisfying for her to be like, I just can't keep doing this with you. Like, it's too many it's too many blows. It's like every episode he does something to make her feel smaller or less significant or, you know, less of his girlfriend. And I think it was just really uh, it was it was really nice to see her finally just be like, yeah, this is you got, I, how much abuse am I going to take?
0: I agree. I think it's a good lesson for everybody. You know, she says, just tell me I'm the one. And he's like, I can't. Guess what? After a few months, you yeah, can. And you also, yeah. You know what? After fucking, you know when you know. And uh, it's not about time. I mean, yeah, okay, after a week, you don't know. But after the amount that they've been dating, if somebody can't tell you that you're the one and you already think they are, it is time to leave. And it's kind of like there was an Instagram little inspirational dating thing that I posted um, maybe on our Instagram. But it just said like, there's only two things either you know someone likes you or you're wondering and you're confused and if you're wondering and you're confused then it's a no yeah and it's like that's this it's like if people really have to think a lot about it and can't really give you an answer and really have to like do a really deep think then get the fuck out of there
1: yeah and also you know i i feel like big if his issue is It's scary for him. If we're just kind of going from a sympathetic standpoint of like, it's scary for him to admit his feelings. It's scary for him to make this more official. I think that that even that even though you can go, oh, he's scared. It's still like, well, you have to you have to work on yourself. You can't you can't put that on me.
0: You know what? That's fine But he doesn't even say I'm scared It really comes off like I don't know if I like you That exactly. much Exactly But
1: I'm trying to Sort Give of do a deep of dive day. Of like Maybe it's because He's a commitment phobe He has issues from the past That we haven't really Seen I on the show Like even If all of that is true Right It still doesn't matter Because what you're saying Is still the same Which is he doesn't know Right It doesn't matter The root of it's not you're knowing
0: You're right You're right yeah. yeah I think that's true It's kind of like Our previous guest uh, Who wrote the book He's just not that into you It's like It doesn't really Matter what the reason is if someone's Not giving you what you want and deserve Then you need to leave
1: yeah but Yeah I don't it, think the reasons I don't think That it does even if you have the uh, The data to back it up it, yeah. it Doesn't it doesn't your, matter your heart still feels
0: The same broken yeah and at the end Of the day people either show up for you and fight For you or they don't and if they don't You can have really interesting Psychological explanations but psychological Explanations don't keep you warm at night
1: Yeah and when he earlier said You know we'll get there We'll get there just have to have some faith. It's like, why would I? But also why, why aren't you there yet? Like, why am I here, but you're not here with me? Like, what is keeping you from seeing my value and seeing the value in this relationship?
0: I totally agree because it's kind of one of these things that's like, what's going to tip it? Like, what do you need to see me do? Mm -hmm. Like, it kind of just starts to make you feel... I think any relationship, if you're ever dating somebody where all of a sudden you feel like you need to prove yourself like, oh, if only I was a little more successful, a little skinnier or a little funnier, or a little this or a little that, or then that's just not good. Right. So uh, this brings us to the question of the
1: episode. Are relationships the religion of the 90s? What does uh, that mean? I don't
0: know. I think the thing that's interesting about this show is that it's... Pretty brazenly, obviously written by gays and liberals, atheists from the coastal elites. Like, yes, absolutely. Yes. And it's pretty ballsy or whatever at the time to be like dating a religious person is a red flag and a deal breaker. Yes. Like, that's not what you normally have seen on no, TV up not until a that middle, point. That's not a middle America No, that's a risky viewpoint. thing to say. Right. And, you know, as, as someone who lived in New York, you as well, like, the truth is... It is rare to meet somebody who's religious. It's not as common on the coast. I mean, I'll be honest that I do swipe left on people that say Christian and Catholic on dating sites because I'm not religious and I can't imagine myself being with someone who is. Um, I hope that's not. It's not hateful. It's just, I think it's too you different know, of a lifestyle. Saying
1: it's a personal preference. And, you know, and I think there's also, I grew up in the South and I have um, many religious friends. And I, I think that um, I was definitely the outlier when I was growing up. I was kind of the only one who didn't go to church out of my friend group. Um, and I do think that there are varying degrees of what religion means to a person. It yeah. could be something you grew up with and that you just kind of keep up because tradition feels nice and it feels like a little piece of home. And then there's the other end where it's like, oh, you're the kind of Christian who just doesn't think people are created equal. And that's that's when it gets into like, like gays and yeah, yeah, where you just get into this sort of territory of like, well, what does your Christianity mean exactly? And does that align with my morals?
0: Yeah, I just think personally, like like as an atheist my political beliefs are my religious beliefs so like queer rights um uh pro choice like i couldn't be with somebody that that's not on the same page yeah, about those exactly. things because those are my core values sure that's same and also like i was not only raised um with you know, I was raised Jewish, but like 99% of Jewish people aren't religious. It's very cultural. Sure. Um, so I do feel Jewish, but I don't feel religious. Same. Okay. Um. But my mom is an atheist, a scientist, and a doctor. So I grew up with a lot of like talk about like Darwin and evolution, medicine, Big Bang. And like my beliefs are so rooted in like science. Yeah. That that's just a huge thing for me. So I think what Carrie is asking is... I think she's kind of asking, like, is religion over and have we replaced it with relationships?
1: I mean, I will say I think that when you are dating and uh, and also being. Yeah, I think I think I would agree with this. I mean, it's not. I, don't, I would never articulate it this way I would never say that my relationship is my Religion but if we're talking so
0: fucking dramatic Yeah it's a little much it's like but, no Pressure on my partner but you
1: are my God yeah but I mean I I throw Around the term like sometimes when I like work Out and I feel good from it I'm like oh Like you know th- my gym is my Church like I've not LA. I don't actually
0: Feel that she lives in LA in case you couldn't I, Tell I, from by the that way statement. I haven't <laughs> said that out loud I have thought that a Jamie, little I'm gonna hold that to you forever okay. I'm gonna be like, Oh my friend Jamie who thinks that uh, cross it is her religion i don't think that i want to be clear that's not if you what see i was Jamie saying on the street i'm just make sure talking to say about that.
1: doing something for yourself yes, that makes you feel good of course if we're just breaking down sort of like one of the main reasons people go to church or yes. whatever feeling good feeling good Connected, doing something for yourself yes. whatever uh yeah i, I think that ribbing, yeah. I, I know i know i loved it um but i do think that we i think that what you put your energy into can sort of feel like a religion yeah i think that when i was especially starting out in comedy i was like well this is definitely my religion like this i'm truly like throwing myself into this to a degree that it just it feels like it's it's hitting on a lot of levels yeah i mean now it definitely is more like oh this is my career and this is um i i think of it more i mean Yeah, it does, I guess. The short answer is it does. Back then, it was definitely more like, this is a thing I do for myself to make myself feel good, and now it's, like, evolved more into a career. So it still holds some of those principles, but also has evolved more into, like, you know, there is more of an obligation to it now, for sure. Um, But yeah, so I guess what I'm saying is, uh, I think many things can feel like a religion. That's true. Yeah. Um, Okay, so we always end every episode with an I'm horny for... Because Sex in the City is obviously a very horny show. So, uh, Rose, what are you currently horny for?
0: Um, I am horny for this amazing artist self-help book called The Artist's Way. Ooh. It has been around for a long time um, and anyone can read it. It's a book, but then there's also tons of exercises in it. Yeah. So you have to do things like morning pages where you write three pages and you don't edit. You don't try and sound cool. You, you just just write, 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 write. Um, you do all these kinds of exercise to check in with like your inner artist child and you can do the artist way whether you're professionally trying to be an artist or just feeling like you want to tap into your creativity. And I'm about to embark on some new projects and I just wanted to kind of tap in a little more to my child artist. And Fantastic. It's been, it's been really fun and you know, as a writer, I feel like writing is like my path and my purpose. And the more connected to it, the happier I am. And I feel like if you're an artist, and you're not making your art, you'll get really depressed. And I think I was feeling a little depressed because I hadn't had my own project in a while. I was just working on these other projects for other people. Sure. And I was like, God, I need to do something that's just mine. And now that I'm like embarking on that, it's like really helping. And I was talking to my therapist and We were talking about how there's like joy and purpose And like you can have a fun life And just like drink margaritas and like sit by the pool But like not have any purpose And like purpose is really important And I think if you're listening And you're feeling blocked in any way Like even if you're not trying to be an artist as your main thing, but like everyone is an artist in some way and has like a story to tell. And I think it's a really great thing to do to just connect yourself with yourself. So I highly recommend The artist Way to anyone, especially if you're feeling like a little off with yourself, because if you have yourself, then you have everything. You can... That's all you need really Uh, Not really of course you need family and friends and money And actually the exact opposite of what I just said But but, but I do Think that if you feel Really deeply connected to yourself Then everything else goes better Yes. Yeah I think everything falls into place And I Um, think that like that's a tool The artist's way is a tool you can use To get closer to yourself if that's hmm. something You need that's a great horny for.
1: Thanks. Um, well, my, What are you horny for oh, this week? Oh, yes. Um, my horny for, I'm just going to say I'm horny for uh, the fans of this podcast. Yes. We have really wonderful, communicative, responsive fans, and you guys have sent us such nice messages on social media, commenting on our stories, all that, and um, writing reviews as well um, for the podcast. And um, I just wanted to say that I'm super horny for it really appreciate you guys reaching out and um, yeah we love you
0: we totally love you guys you're, you're the best and uh, you know we're just in this little room recording the microphones and it just feels nice to hear that actually people are listening yeah. and responding and so and what you're responding to is
1: it's all it's also it just makes the podcast even better um, just because it gives us
0: a little bit of
1: guidance on like oh they enjoyed that or oh they didn't enjoy that it's just nice to hear
0: yeah guys keep it up we love you I love Love you, James. Love you. And we'll talk to you soon. Okay, bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Couldn't Help But Wonder. Follow us on Twitter
1: and Instagram at CHBWpod. And follow my co-host Rose Cerno on Insta and Twitter at Rose Cerno. And please follow my co-host Jamie at Really Jamie Lee on Instagram and at the Jamie Lee on Twitter and please rate Review subscribe to our show on iTunes Stitcher or your favorite Podcast app if you're nasty It helps us it helps you it helps Everyone you're nasty bye. bye
0: Forever Dog This has been a forever Dog production executive Produced by Brett Boehm Joe Silio, and
1: Alex Ramsey Engineered and mastered by Alex Sarchet